Hello and welcome to Movies on the Side. This is Stephen Robles. And this is Nate Baranowski. And this week, we review the 2000 movie starring Tom Hanks and Helen Hunt, Castaway. We obviously visit Romance Corner before and after the island adventure. We talk about everyone's favorite anthropomorphized volleyball, Wilson. We talk about what you would do if you were married to someone who supposedly lost her fiancé, but then he's alive again. That sounds complicated, but we also talk about what we would do if we were stranded on a desert island. And can an ice skate pick do adequate dental work? (laughs) All this and more on Movies on the Side. Nate... This is one of those movies that when we watch it, I have rose-colored glasses on the movie, or I, I'm using... How does that analogy work? Do you, <laughs> you see I'm through? pretty sure you're wearing them and not the abstract idea of a movie <laughs> wearing them. Right, okay. So I have a pair of rose-colored glasses that I put on when I think about this movie. Is that accurate? Yes. Okay. Castaway, I remembered it very fondly, and then... For some reason, I wanted to show this movie to my kids because I thought they might enjoy it. And you know what, Nate? Actually, it did not disappoint. They enjoyed it as well. Nice. And the rose-colored glasses hold up Mm. in this movie. Steven, give me the Rotten Tomatoes. So Rotten Tomatoes, it is 89% critic score, 84% audience score. And all the little comments from the critics at the bottom are very fond of Tom Hanks. Everybody says his performance was great. He was nominated for an Oscar for this one. Uh-huh. Did not win. I imagine, Did you see this close to its release when you were younger? No, I did not. I will tell you right now that I saw this movie in its entirety for the first time last night. <gasps> Nate, this changes everything. It's one of those that I thought I had seen, <laughs> but apparently just on TV, I would see little bits of him on an island and then apparently be bored with it and then move on. Nate, you saw Lost. You didn't see Castaway. That, that was the... <laughs> Do you know that Lost was created originally as a Castaway TV spinoff? And then from there, J.J. Abrams got involved, added some supernatural things, and thus we have Lost. It's thanks to Castaway. Nate, I feel like we should talk about Lost sometime. I've never seen that show in my life. Nate, what is your vendetta <laughs> against islandy Castaway movies? That's what I want to know. I've seen Gilligan's Island. Okay. I've seen Swiss Family Robinson, Uh the old one. I've never seen Robinson Crusoe. If there is a movie version, I have not seen that. Yeah. And I've seen George of the Jungle. (laughs) What else do you want from me? The ones you said, yes, they are the canonical, stranded on an island pieces of entertainment. But in the modern era, I feel like Lost, you want to talk about zeitgeist. If you want to talk about the definition of that, you have Lost and you have Castaway. Yep. And I'm surprised you didn't see it. Right. Well, then I am very curious to know what you thought. I will just say, for me, it held up and my kids actually enjoyed it. My wife, she had seen this movie. I think I subjected it to her when we were dating. (laughs) And she remembered it being very boring and very long. As sort of a litmus test to see, (laughs) should I be with this woman? But she said, actually watching it a second time now... At this and watching it with our kids, she actually enjoyed it. Uh, this go around, oh good, yeah. I've been talking about this uh, in a flowery way. What are? How did you feel about it? What did you think? I think for the most part, I liked it. Okay, uh huh. It takes its sweet time. There are some shots in this movie that Robert Zemeckis kind of just luxuriates in. 
panning the water, panning to the flashlight. <laughs> yeah. Seeing Tom Hanks' face rubbing wood in order to make fire. <laughs> Slowly watching him roll on up to the camera. Fall into insanity. Yeah. But you know what? I actually didn't mind that much. It's a slow pace. Yeah. It's a slow kind of prod. Prod is not the right word. It's a slow prod. Plod. It's a plod. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the beginning, the movie does not start out slow. Yeah. Are we doing are we doing spoilers on this 21-year-old movie? No spoiler horn. I feel like the title of the movie gives away most of the movie. Also, Robert Zemeckis in the trailer for Castaway, shows that he gets off the island. So even the director thought, well, we don't need to be living in suspense of whether he's going to survive this. He'll be fine. Yeah, because honestly, I think him making it back home is like the fourth or fifth most interesting thing about the movie. Mm -hmm. Because it it brings up deeper questions we'll get to in a moment. Yeah, we'll have to get to the end of this movie because I need to discuss some things. But yes, Yes. the beginning, I had my first thought when this movie started was, is this a FedEx commercial? What is, what is going on? It is all FedEx all the time. It is. Which, by the way, FedEx, I did some research, did not pay to be in this movie. No product placement money was exchanged hands. Now, is somewhere out there Robert Zemeckis is getting like FedEx deliveries for life? Maybe. <laughs> but no actual money was exchanged hands. He just has a place he can stay in in the Bahamas anytime he wants, courtesy of a shipping company. But... We go to Russia, and there's Tom Hanks there yes. yelling at people about a clock. And I'm like, time. it is right around that time where I thought, guess I haven't seen this movie. Cause this. <laughs> and it was a good start. We live and die by the clock, Nate. We never turn our back on it. And we never, ever allow ourselves the sin of losing track of time. If these packages get any later, we're just going to be the U.S. Postal Service. This really has a hold on you because I did find the interesting part about him being so beholden to time and then basically on his island. Yes. Time. He had tons of time. Yes. But no resources. Where before he had all the resources in the world. That's right. But not enough time. I want to say as an aside, you really key in on product placement in movies. You know, whenever there's like a mm-hmm. a cola a Snickers. soda pay, a soda spill from like a semi-truck or something like that. Here's a Dr. Pepper. Yeah, yeah. You're always keen on that. I, I was watching a movie at home and the credits started rolling because I was just, I was working while I was playing. And I saw the disclaimer at the end of the credits like, this motion picture has product placement. Does every movie that has product placement have to do that in the credits? I don't know. I, I thought that was interesting because I feel like movies just do it and it just happens and they don't say anything about it. I mean, Wilson Volleyball. I'm sure Wilson Volleyballs Wilson. took had a big spike afterwards. That's right. The applications to work for FedEx went up 35% after this movie was released. <laughs> That's ama- that is amazing. That's the kind of trivia... <laughs> That Nate Baranowski brings to Mott's. I just want to say that's the kind of digging I do. That's right. If someone's making a second version of Bingo or some other board game, uh, that that's I don't know what you call that, but Nate's (laughs) Nate's words of wisdom, Nate's (laughs) trivia, something like that. I want to ask you about Romance Corner here, and then we'll have to do a second iteration at the end. Yes. But for Romance Corner, how did you feel about Helen Hunt and Tom Hanks in the few scenes we get of them? pre-plane crash first off helen hunt is delightful always and i was definitely thinking to myself oh you guys are pretty cute together (laughs) yep yep there i think that romance corner at the beginning is really good because it is both sweet 
but also realistic. Yes. It is sort of two busy people in the modern world yes. put, you know, putting out their calendars. And what I love about it is that it didn't try to make Tom Hanks into like a jerk or somebody who was, right. you know, it would be very easy for this movie to be like, this guy's a rich snob who then finds himself mm. stranded on an island and becomes a saint and it becomes great. Right. No, he's a good guy beforehand. He's just very busy and very consumed with work. Right. And he has more purpose and appreciation for life afterwards but he's still great at the beginning him and helen hunt have great chemistry together yeah and them doing the little christmas exchange in the car and him asking her like oh so you didn't like the <laughs> yeah i love that the you towels didn't, you didn't like the pager you didn't like the you didn't like the towels i thought that was all very good and very relatable for a relationship when yes. they open a gift and go oh this is great nice <laughs> and you go oh i blew it <laughs> Now, you haven't said anything about your presence. No, is there a problem? I'm sorry. No, I love them. Look at my journal. Oh. What about the pager? Real leather, and look at the pages have gold on them. Yeah, and then when they're around the dinner table and the family is like pressuring them about marriage, and they say like, "Oh, how long did it take?" And they like say that you know, allude that they had a bet. And they shake hands across the table. Yeah, I thought it, it was very cute. I agree with everything you said. I, I enjoyed their relationship, and I think it was they used scenes well leading up to the plane crash to make you understand that you know, this is a loss of a relationship. Yep. You know what I mean? Like they're both losing something by this. Then we get to, he leaves and I, I warned my kids. I watched this with all my kids mm-hmm. and I was like, listen, this is going to be a little intense. Are you guys, oh, guys going to be okay? This is, this is great because I think that in your head, you wish that someone had turned to 12 year old Steven Robles and said, Hey, you're going to watch this plane crash and you're going to be somewhat wary of planes the rest of your life. Are you willing to watch this scene? You know, because my question to you is, Stephen, you are not, uh, you've done quite a bit of plane travel, but you're not a particular fan of it. You do a lot of research into the stability of each vessel, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> is it because of this movie? No, no, it's not. Honestly, like seeing the scene in this movie. And seeing like 2012 end of the world, like airliners crashing into buildings, like that doesn't do anything for me. I'll tell you what makes me nervous is in a scene like, I think, what is it, a day after tomorrow or something when they're flying in the plane and like the plane jostles for half of a second. Mm-hmm. That's what makes me nervous. Oh, okay. That's what makes me nervous in real life. <laughs> like if the plane's going down, there's no wondering what's happening or if something's going to happen. Like it is surely going down. There's... When someone hands you the big yellow inflatable balloon thing, yeah, forget which I didn't know what that was when they handed it to him. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. Right. Once we all start sinking, this is how you get out. But I will, so I'll say, I feel like this scene holds up. The special effects... I don't know, like the the intensity and the drama. Like, I feel like the scene holds up. And it is, I don't know, it's pretty intense. I think the crash scene is, yeah, it's pretty good. There is a lot of, I would say, Zemeckis doing foreshadowing with a heavy, heavy, heavy hand. And doing also doing like, is he going to see that thing behind him? For most of this movie, we'll get to later. Right. He has his shoes off. Right. He has that. Um, he puts sets the little clock the, that Kelly gives him. The pocket watch. The pocket watch. Yes. And, and she almost gives him the keys, or he almost takes the keys with the with the pocket knife on him, then doesn't. It's a lot of like, oh, it would have been nice if you would. Oh, if you would have had your shoes. Oh. <laughs> I thought you're right. I thought the crash holds up. 
I'm not sure how he survives it as much. I love the fact that he's in the bathroom when it all kind of goes down and he almost flies out the door. I thought that was really cool. I thought that all holds up when he's floating in the raft and we have about 45 seconds of kind of... Spotty <laughs> light mixed with special effects of water. Whenever there's light, the lightning and you see the big waves. Yeah, that yeah. went on a little bit long for me, and it, but yes, it was all good. Going to black and then still hearing the rain—that's effective. I like that. Yeah, I thought that was a it was a cool choice, and I like the idea because it did make me think. Oh yeah, if you're out in the middle of the ocean, if there's no lightning going on during a storm, it's probably pitch black. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it would be terrifying. Yeah. If you just put yourself in Tom Hanks' position, floating in a measly raft. Just getting pummeled by water. Oh, it's crazy. All right. So he gets to the islands. And now this is where my kids really got into it. Yep, yep, yep. Everything on the island was hilarious to them. (laughs) Everything. The coconuts falling, like the random sound. They loved it all. And Tom Hanks is like, what is that? Everybody's cracking up. The whole island was a real crowd pleaser. I just want to say that. Wow. Well, it's not always supposed to be a crowd pleaser because he's slowly... (laughs) Descending into madness, I know. Right, talking to Wilson. He's slowly like getting more and more injured. Right. When he rows against the water and heads towards those breaking waves the first time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite good. I think him looking around, this is when I really appreciated the slowness of the movie. Because it does give you the feeling of, if it was me... I would stand there and go like, well, what do I do now? Right. He yells into the water like, hello, help, anybody, help. You know, because you could choose a hundred different things that being stranded on an island would require. Mm -hmm. Things you would have to learn to do or whatever. And I feel like they chose good things to illustrate their difficulty, but then like learning the technique to do it. Like opening a coconut. Right. Making a fire. Learning how to fish. Like they chose well the things uh, to portray. And it was a great, I read it somewhere in an interview that it was said, like, well, we didn't want it to make it where it just shows like a guy coming in as a buffoon and then he becomes awesome, like Swiss Family Robinson style and he masters right. the elements. And it shows like, no, he could be there for four years. He never masters the elements. Like he's still, as he says later, he was never in control. And at best he can like deal with what life throws at him. But for the most time, like any injury, any infection, which I don't know how that tooth infection plus ice skate didn't (laughs) do him in. (laughs) But let me, let me ask you this. When he finally starts that little fire. And he's gleefully dancing around. It's so good. You feel that, right? It's so much joy on his face. Because, I mean, we that's the the good part of spending time on a scene where he's struggling. Because you are just there like, please get it. Almost almost get it. And it shows him like doing it for a whole day. And at night, and he's barely able to move his hands. And then when he finally gets it, it does feel like, oh, this is amazing. And then once Wilson appears which he appears before the fire comes because, mm-hmm. you know, Tom Hanks injures his hand, you get the blood on the volleyball. Every time Tom Hanks cut his eyes at Wilson, you know, my kiss thought was hilarious. <laughs> because, <laughs> and then, like, Tom Hanks is, like, rubbing the fire, the sticks together, and he, like, slowly looks to the side. Looking over at him. Yes. yes. It's hilarious. But for Wilson in general, if we put ourselves in this situation, he's four years by himself. Yep. Wouldn't all of us 
anthropomorphize something. Oh, oh man, you wouldn't even. <laughs> that that was that'd be light compared to what I would do. I'd have coconut <laughs> families built up. I'd have like whole congregations of twenty five coconut people <laughs> hanging out there. You'd build a general store with like a coconut oh, manager. Man, <laughs> I'd be talking to ever. I'd I'd carve faces into trees. I would have a pet crab who lives nearby. I talked to every fish I caught. Like this is this is light. If you were on four years, in there four years by yourself, man, I'd be talking to every rock. Because you have you have to find a reason to talk and to explain yourself. Otherwise, right. I think it's worse for you. So you have to find something to talk to. Let me ask you this here: If you were Tom Hanks in this situation, mm-hmm. and you didn't know or have any hope of getting off the island, now we know we see later. That he actually did consider suicide. Right. And he tested it out with the tree. I thought that whole situation and him explaining that was very interesting. You know, like yes. he actually had the wherewithal to test what would happen. Right. Yeah, that that was just it was very interesting. But Nate, how long would you last slash what would you do if you were him? I mean, I think I would just try to keep going as long as I could. Yeah. I would have more hope in twenty twenty one than I would in, in two thousand. Because I believe that every inch of this earth is being covered with satellites at some point in time. And then if I were to, I think building a big SOS help thing on the beach is really where it's at. And then I think I would kind of hold to the hope that there would be enough drones flying over top. (laughs) The world is big, though. The world is still very big, Nate. world is very big. But if you had to cover a 500 square mile section or whatever it was, five. 100,000 square miles? Yeah, yeah. Twice the size of Texas. That's right. I I just feel like there's more hope of it in 2021 than in 2000. So I think I would try to last as long as I can. Yeah. But I think trying to make something to go out into the water and just row until I can't row anymore, that'd be one way to go. I mean, like, that's fine. You're at least, you're giving a fourth the effort. Yeah. I think I I would hold out as long as I could. And with the SOS on the beach, you know, it's it's interesting. He tries to do it first by riding it in the sand, and then he quickly realizes the tide, you know, washes it away, so he uses the, the wood. But, yeah, I would I would try to do it as, as far as I could. But I won't speak for you, but I don't think either of us are particularly skilled seamen. No. And, you know, a porta potty door washing up on the beach, at least for me, would not signal, this is my ticket out of here. <laughs> This is a sale. I would. I definitely thought when he found that, oh, he's going to use that as the hole of his boat. I think I would definitely think like, okay, I'm going to make a watertight thing. Mm-hmm. Or I would just build a plane. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I used to need Elon Musk's Starlink. Yeah, right, right. Like right. on Gilligan's Island. I do love how when he finally resolves to open the packages that he has been saving mm-hmm. because he's still trying to hold on to the fact that he's going to deliver these. And then he, he saves the one. I, I like that part. But then everything becomes a tool, which is, you know, your mindset changes when you're in the survival mode. It's like right. what, you know, an ice skate blade. Those ice skates were useful. Absolutely. Like Four years later, he was using that ice skate blade for an axe. Right. Exactly. That I enjoyed that. But then to take the ice skate to the tooth, you know, to, this movie does not portray Tom Hanks as a dentist. Or have any kind of dental no. background. No, 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 no. And I, I guess an abscess, I don't exactly know what an abscess is, but it's like, what is it, like a rogue tooth that has to be removed? I don't know. All I know is that punching it out and knocking yourself out with an ice skate in order to somehow survive this is not 
I don't think works great. I don't think having an open wound where you knocked a tooth out yeah. is ideal or survivable. If there's anything not believable, like I would believe the raft getting him off the island before I believe that he successfully fixed his teeth. But Yeah, I would have thought the next time we see him, he's like Harvey, Javier Bardem, James <laughs> Bond missing, missing some cheekbones because a face. It, like, the rot got to him or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He seemed fine after that. He seemed fine. Then we, I love this transition where he knocks himself out and then we just see the fish in w- the water and a spear just skewers this fish and we pan up and it's like superhero Tom Hanks. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about this for a second. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I thought when I saw this that, okay, they got super trim svelte Tom Hanks. They filmed this and then they gave him like six weeks to put on a ton of weight. Right. Not the case. Not the case. No. In this movie, didn't work out, put on some weight for the beginning. They then paused production for a year. <laughs> right. Robert Zemeckis went to go film another movie, <laughs> What Lies Beneath. <laughs> and then Tom Hanks lost 50 pounds. Right. And apparently grew out his hair. I don't know if all that was his real hair, but... He grew a certain amount Regardless. Out. Yeah. Yes. That was... A really cool transformation. Yes. A really convincing sell you on the four years. This is what it's done to this guy. Yes. Even when the camera panned up and reveals Tom Hanks, when he was like, whoa, <laughs> that's a big difference. <laughs> it's like, yep. Yeah. And now he's just in a loincloth. Oh, and the way he moves and the way he kind of crouches and sits, yes. it's like, oh, man, you become one with the <laughs> earth. So I, I love that transition. It is, you know, that's Christian Bale level, like body yes. things, you know, to do for Absolutely. a movie. So it's a very interesting. And he's, you know, he's talking to Wilson now, like he's a full on person, <laughs> you know, he's full, full on conversations. I know. Yeah, I know. I know where there's 30 feet of extra rope, but, but I'm not going back up there. So Tom Hanks gets off the island. Yes. And the scene of him in the raft going over the waves, over the crest, like so triumphant. I, I love that part too. I don't know how you felt in it. I thought for a second it's like, he's going to fly away. <laughs> it's all a dream. No, no, it's not that kind of sail. When the liner shows up and he's laying in there facing the wrong way. Yeah. Just another part. We get to see what's behind him. And we, I'm pretty sure Mr. Zemeckis wants us to just yell at the screen turn around just turn around <laughs> it's right there do not miss this right which moments before that moment we had wilson bobbing up and down and then we also are yelling at tom hanks i'm like, sorry hey wake up i'm sorry now listen listen I-, I know that scene could come across as a little silly but i, I liked it the music bed that they put underneath that the believability of tom hanks trying to get this volleyball because it's really his friend like, I tear up every time I see that scene. Oh, really? It's, it's very sad. I find it to be sad. I don't tear up at that. What I do is... So you're dead inside. I, let me tell you a pet. No, let me tell No, I tear up another part in this movie with real people, not a volleyball. But I'll tell you the real, <laughs> the real feeling I have, which is a little nitpicky, pet peevey. It goes something like this. Yeah. I think it's very effective, but I hate when... A filmmaker shows someone trying to tread water and the camera bobs below the water 
over and over again to show that this guy's head is barely above water. It gives me anxiety. I don't like it. It makes me want to hold my breath. And that scene of him kind of starting to drown a little bit and needing to get back to the boat. Mm-hmm. <sighs> the pants. Wilson, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wilson. I, I can't. Wilson. But yes, it's a it's a very touching scene, and I think him yelling "I'm sorry" and Wilson yes. floats away, and you can almost kind of picture him sort of anthropomorphized, being like "I'm out of here. I'm free." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Tom makes it home. Yep. And we have this scene at the airport where he's arrived. There's lots of press. It's very jarring because he hasn't seen another human being in years. And on the plane ride, you know, he finds out that Helen Hunt is now married and all this kind of stuff. She thought you were dead. We buried you. We had a funeral and a coffin. When he gets back, I don't care about him not wanting to eat crab. I don't care about him doing a lighter. I don't care about his friend who he talks to every once in a while. I don't care about the press event and him feeling awkward or how skinny he is now. I care about one thing and one thing only. What are you going to do? Yes. And what is Kelly going to do when you meet each other again? Yes. That's all I care about. And I think that's all we should talk about because that's all that matters to me. So along that line... At the airport, the new husband, he's, that's the first person he interacts with. Oof. And the husband's like, oh, she's just not ready, yada, yada. He goes outside, and then Tom Hanks is looking out the window, mm. sees this new husband, and sees Kelly, Helen Hunt, try to run in, and he stops her. Tell me, Nate, in that moment, did you not want to punch that man in the face? I absolutely did. Mm-hmm. The thought I had in my mind, you can edit this out, is no. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, my initial thought is, no, you did not. If you, okay, here's a PSA for everyone. If you (laughs) marry someone four years after their almost fiance is lost to sea and presumed dead, if that man comes back. You step aside. (laughs) You step your buns aside. (laughs) Yes. I was so, when the guy shows up and says, like, hey, I'm the husband now, mm-hmm. and, like, she's just not ready, you just need to give her time. That, in and of itself, is rough to be like, she should see him. Even if she's, con- like, when he said she's a little confused right now, that was a red flag for me. Like, mm-hmm. hmm, right. okay, so you don't want her to see. If I was Tom Hanks, I'd be like, I have been on a desert island for four <laughs> years. Take me to Kelly now you can be there i I don't mind if you're there take me to her now i can kill you with my eyeballs right now i can whittle down a pencil right now and joker you get (laughs) me to kelly so yeah he looks out and sees kelly now i think if i was him i think i would like run out there but Mm -hmm. something that we're supposed to learn from chuck noland is that he also has the feeling of I might need to let her go when I get back. I don't know if she will be have moved on. Sure. So that's that scene. That's that scene. Yes, and yes, then yes. he goes to her house. Yes. I can feel the awkwardness. Yes. You know, when they first see each other. 
And and I will just say this. My wife and I talked at length about all the different ways it could have gone. Yes. From him entering the house to driving away. Yes. And I, I think now that the way they wrote it and the way it went was really the only way it could go, and they portrayed it well. That's really my thought. Steven, if you were Tom Hanks and you went to go visit the love of your life and she is married and has a kid, yeah, what do you do or what is the right thing to do? I feel like the fact that Helen Hunt's character has a child complicates this like tenfold, maybe a hundredfold. Yes. Because if no child, I can tell you right yeah. now, I would yeah. have no respect for the new husband, and I would say, "Right, I'm sorry. You can fight me for her if you want, but she has to choose." Yeah, I'd be like, "Listen, there's no Bible verse that talks about if you think someone's dead for four years, what do you do if you remarry somebody else?" But I'm gonna say, it's a "Moral gray area." I'm gonna say this gray area, like, "Listen, come with me now. Let's go. Let's go." If the feeling's obviously mutual, which it it obviously is. Oh well, yeah, obviously she she is not a prize. She is a human who has a choice, and she is. Yeah, but it's clear that she still loves him too. I think if no child, decision's clear because of the situation they have written in, and I think that is probably good writing. Like they they made it extra complicated with all that. With the, with the, with the girl, yeah. You have to. She can't leave her family. She can't do that, and he knows that. And she knows that. But they had their moment. They did. They were able to have their moment. And it's not like they can have multiple moments. It's not like they could say, all right, well, let's just spend the next three months pretending we're still in love and then we'll stop. Like, you can't do that. Like, she's married. It is just so hard. And this was the part that I teared up in is when she proclaims to him. I love you. You're the love of my life. That scene is so touching because they have a moment of just letting almost four years of passion and sadness and love pining yes come together for like the kiss in the rain Hmm. and it is a moment of them almost putting their guards down and being like for a second yeah i have like i've missed you so much right but then that moment passes and they get in the car And it's like that moment kind of just thaws away. And you can see it in their eyes. Like, we can't, I can't just whisk you away from your family. You have to go back inside. And that is heartbreaking. It is. Like, even now, thinking about that scene, like, I get a little sad. Yes. Like, it it really stays with you, that feeling of sadness and loss. And, you know, you would have thought the hard thing was getting off the island and getting home. But honestly, the hard thing is coming to terms with the reality now and having to move on. Yes. And it's, I don't know, I think it makes the movie great and it really makes you wrestle with those feelings and it's very sad. You have to go home. Okay, I have one quick, one last question for you. Yes. If you are the new husband, what's your sort of thought going in here? If I was selfless and secure in myself, I'd be like, listen. I'll watch the kid. (laughs) I read the situation. Uh Uh-huh. I don't want to live the rest of my life knowing the love of your life 
is alive and well, and you could have been with him, but you're stuck with me. Like, it's literally, you're stuck with me. Uh-huh. That's the situation we're in. Like, you let me know. I will do whatever you need to do. I feel like, if if no child, again, that's the big caveat. But once a child, it's like, listen. So it's like, listen, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I heartily apologize for everything, but I think we kind of need to stick to that. He can live in the guest room. He can be part of it. We can adopt him as part of the family, but... <laughs> yeah, exactly. After this moment, there is a moment of him delivering the FedEx thing, and he meets the lady who creates the angel wings. Yes. And we're to believe that maybe at the, after the, it cuts to black, that maybe he chooses to go back in and, and be with her. Apparently, Tom Hanks said in an interview after this that he imagines that right after the camera cuts that... Chuck Nolan goes to that lady's house. That's a great assumption. It does feel a little bit, even a little bit hollow. I mean, it's good. It's good. But it's sort of like, I'm not sure if I needed it to, to feel so quickly like, oh, he could have a, you know, a prospective other woman in his life. Yeah. That felt a little cheapened to me. I actually kind of like more of the idea of, of him just being like, all right, I'm willing to live every day i love his monologue when he talks about you just keep breathing and you just keep moving forward yes and i thought you know that's what i had to do on the island and that's what i'm gonna have to do the rest of my life and i know what i have to do now you gotta keep breathing because tomorrow the sun will rise who knows what the tide could bring and, you know, apart from the lady, you know, he's literally standing at a literal crossroads, you know? It's, yes. It's like you can go one of four directions. And I think the movie's saying, like, if you can move on, if you can manage to say, all right, I'm going to start the next chapter in my life, there are paths you can take. Like, there are open doors. You can choose one of those. But you do have to move on in order to take one of them. Right. And I think that's that's a good a good message it makes it a good movie does he close the door to fedex is he no longer working for fedex and or is fedex paying him <laughs> for the rest of his life i think the latter for that plane crash. i think the latter i mean i think the man never has to work again because <laughs> he's like unless you know the only work he does is like being in fedex commercials as like the spokesman now because you know <laughs> he looks great he survived he still delivered the package. Well, he didn't deliver all of them. Well, not all of them, but he delivered that one. Somewhere out there is a dress that didn't get <laughs> to right. its destination. <laughs> all right, let's rate this movie, Nate. Obviously, on a scale of zero to five volleyballs. Yes. I'll go first because this movie's near and dear to my heart, and, and you just watch this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give this movie a four out of five mm -hmm. volleyballs. Now, I'm surprised not four and a half for you, Stephen. I, I thought about four and a half, but in our modern world... If someone has not seen this, like yourself, mm -hmm. and it's 2021, 21 years after this movie came out, I would say, you know, you do have to be prepared for a slow movie. Like, mm -hmm. And I would also encourage you to not be tempted to look at your phone during the slow parts. I think this movie really shines when you dial in the whole time. Yep. And you, you got to feel You it. really feel it. You got to feel it. So I think it's a four out of five. I think this is a great and excellent movie. You know what? I am going to give it a four and a half. I'm going to give this a 4.5 <laughs> volleyballs. Again, the 0.5 deduction is only because of that, 
you know, you do have to like put forth a little bit of effort and really focus on it. But man, if you have not seen this movie, I do believe that this is an excellent movie. I dare say it is a classic. And if there's any movie that we have reviewed on this show that I would say, you know what, you should see this if you haven't even, you know, it's 21 years old. I think Castaway is great. You should see it. It's on HBO Max. What are you gonna, what are you gonna give this? Sorry, you give had, this thing less than a three. No, I had a moment thinking about HBO Max, which oh sorry, <laughs> we'll talk about that in, in the next bonus episode. I was between three and a half and four, uh-huh. and because you gave it four and a half, I will give it a four. Oh, okay, because I believe that I don't like it as much as you like it. Sure, so it shouldn't be the same. It is a well well done movie. It is a well acted movie. It is interesting it has melancholy parts mm-hmm. it really delves into just a man surviving the elements there's no hokey twist it's pretty like real yeah i guess if that makes sense it's not fantastical because it is rather real and rather just a guy sort of slipping into madness a little bit and surviving and then getting back to find out that the love of his life married somebody else it's not necessarily a cheery viewing. Yeah. Unless you're maybe 10 years old and find it hilarious when the coconuts fall at his <laughs> feet. Right. So I don't necessarily want to watch this movie again. Maybe ever again. Mm, I, I don't I get it. ever desire to see it again, I think. Okay. But I'm glad that I have seen it. Right. So I think that's why I'm going to give it a... It's four because it's a good movie. It is not... To me, it is not the kind of movie that I want to watch more of. Or if you told me there was a movie similar to Castaway, I'd be like, nah, I'm good. I get it. But it's well done. Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks. Yes. And brilliant. All right. Well, listeners, let us know what you thought. Comment on our Instagram, at Movies on the Side. If you haven't yet, we'd appreciate a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. That'll help us out greatly. And if you would like to hear our bonus episodes, this week, Nate and I talked about Breathments, and what would we choose for the other one out of a wedding reception menu? It's, that sounds very dry, but it's a great conversation. Anyway, <laughs> you can listen to all of our back catalog of bonus episodes by supporting the show with any amount at patreon.com slash movies on the side. And as we always say, I know what I have to do now. I've got to keep breathing because tomorrow the sun will rise and who knows what the tide could bring. <sighs> it sounds more complicated than it is (laughs) that sounds complicated but it is a great romance corner (laughs) that sounds complicated but we ah. that sounds complicated but we also now you're Hold on. Now you're outside of the moment, so it's all going to sound very scripted. No, no, no. <laughs>